When Jesus was at table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it. He gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. He vanished out of their sight. They said, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? They rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven gathered together and those who said, The Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were saying this, Jesus himself stood among them. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Sing to the Lord. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Thanks be to God. For he has given us victory. Hallelujah.
strength of God pilot us. May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the shield of God defend us. May the host of God guard us against the snares of evil and the temptations of the world. May Christ be with us, Christ before us, Christ in us, Christ over us. May your salvation, O Lord, be always ours this day and forevermore. Amen. I continue the lesson of the good news from Luke's Gospel. As they were saying this, Jesus himself stood among them, but they were startled and frightened and supposed that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questionings arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see that I have. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them, then said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are the witnesses of these things. Here ends this portion of the Good News reading, the Gospel lesson. Thanks be to God. I'll ask at this time if my young listeners will gather around me down in front of the chancel. I'm afraid that the chancel up here is occupied by the top brass today. How many folks have been participating in the one great hour of sharing or the penny collection or gathering of those coins? You know, the one great hour of sharing monies go to the work of the church, feeding the hungry and so forth, all around the world. What we're going to do is place everything in here, but before, here, let's sit this right in the middle here. Put that down there, please. Make a pathway for me because I'm going to bring the jar that we've been collecting coins in. Here, let me get to the steps here. Okay, you're good. Boy, the counters are gonna work today. This was an endeavor to see what 5,000 pennies might look like. Um, Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 was the inspiration for that number. There's certainly more than 5,000 pennies in here. Carolyn Stump tells me that by, by weight and by volume, there's at, there's at least 5,000 and probably more. Those folks counting the offering today will be here till dinner time. your pennies and other coins, what's in your fishes and your eggs. Are there any other eggs out there? Oh, Peggy, you're the only good egg. Anyone else? Okay. Can you, you want to open it and put it in there? Watch out. Somebody help him. We don't want to crush anybody in the front row. Take your time. Be gentle. 
Do you know there's a program in our presbytery, that's the collection of 100 churches in Middle Tennessee, 100 Presbyterian churches, called the Four Cents a Day Hunger Program. Did you know if you just put four cents a day aside and the Presbyterian church sends it to certain parts of the world, that four cents a day can feed people. Now, it's not just that four cents. There are some folks who are willing to match that four cents or maybe give twice as much. But you have to give the four cents first before they'll put in their amount. But when the all is collected, it feeds hungry people all over the world. So feeding 5,000 people is not impossible. It just requires each person to put in a little bit. Now, when we put our offerings before God, what's happening in our hearts if we're being generous is we're sending up a prayer that good things will happen here on earth. So I'm going to go see if we can get something to go up. You know, like prayers go up? Meanwhile, I'm doing that. You can see what it's like to stick your hand in all those pennies. It seems like uh, I can't stop that. <laughs> You never know what's up here. All right. How about you? I'm going to give you these balloons, and you take them into Fellowship Hall and make sure everybody gets an equal number. Okay? Here, I'm going to pass the strings down right over the candles. Terrific. Now, just move that way a little bit, and we'll have a prayer. It's all right. Helium is not combustible. My goodness, who would believe that many balloons could hide up there on the chancel? Isn't that amazing? Here, let's stand and have a prayer. There's enough for everybody, honest. I, I'm not just stringing you along. Here. Okay. Any young folks, well, let me put it another way. Any folks who want a candle, uh, a balloon and didn't get one, there'll be extras in Fellowship Hall for you. Can we, uh, let's try to hold hands and say a prayer. It's okay, the strings should be long enough. I'll tell you what, Pastor Dave's just gonna pray, okay? <laughs> let's all pray. Blessed God, we thank you for those prayers that go up and those answers that come down. Most especially, we thank you that we've learned that you're in our hearts. And in that way, we are lifted up to heaven. We lift this in all prayers in Jesus' name. And everybody's going to say amen together. Ready? Amen. Thank you. Okay, let's see if we can get the balloons in Fellowship Hall.
okay. This he can hold on to it while it goes out there.
Hallelujah. Praise God. The third and last reading of the good news is actually from the Acts of the Apostles with a little bit of Luke's gospel. Same author, different books. For 40 days after his passion, Jesus presented himself alive to the apostles by many proofs and spoke of the kingdom of God. He said, wait in Jerusalem. I will send the promise of my father upon you. John baptized with water, but soon you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, clothed with power from on high. One day, when he had led the disciples as far as Mount Olivet near Bethany, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which God has fixed. Rather, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the earth. With his hands lifted to bless them, he was carried up into heaven, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While they gazed into heaven, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? Jesus will come in the same way as you saw him go. The disciples returned to Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey with great joy, and were continually in the temple blessing God. Here ends the reading of the gospel. Thanks be to God. He is risen. This is the distinguishing cry of the Christian faith. He is risen. It is the message of Easter. Good has triumphed over evil. Life has triumphed over death. Do we live this or do we live in fear? He is risen, he lives. There are two or three hymns along those lines, because he lives or he lives. Or because you live, O Christ, you know, some of you know those hymns. Let me read some, some of the verses. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always there. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And from the other hymn, Because You Live, O Christ. Because you live, O Christ, the garden of the world has come to flower. The darkness of the tomb is flooded with your resurrection power. Because you live, O Christ, the spirit bird of hope is freed for flying. Our cages of despair no longer keep us closed and life-denying. Because you live, O Christ, the rainbow of your peace will span creation. The colors of your love will draw all humankind to adoration. That's in the blue hymnal. It is a nice piece of poetry. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. I believe Jesus' teachings are true. 
do I live it? Do I live as if I believe those things? We've perhaps read in the papers stories of working class folks who win the million dollar lottery or multi-million dollar lottery, and they begin to live differently. Not so much in the manner of their possessions, but they live differently as if a great weight has been lifted by this prize. All of that burden of struggling, of not knowing if the bills are going to get paid, all of that burden is lifted. They become a bit more carefree and joyous and in most cases, as far as I've been able to discern, generous. Because they know what it's like to go without. If you were struggling and won a million dollar lottery, how would you respond? I owe a great debt of gratitude to the star quarterback of my high school football team for giving an example that I can carry around and not intending to inflict guilt, at least use as a, an example. It is an absolutely true story that after seminary, this star, former star quarterback became a pastor of a rather poor denomination in the largest city, sort of part of the suburb of New York, uh, Clifton, my hometown. And as the New Jersey lottery took hold, he had put a dollar in one time and won a million dollars. And he signed it over to his church. That's right, I said it. He signed it over to his church. And you can call the newspapers in Clifton and verify the story. People still talk about it. Douglas Cleaver, no longer a star quarterback, but a star in his crown Christian. Not so much for the amount, but because he had achieved a liberating freedom prior to receiving the million dollars that was worth more than financial liberation. Somehow that great weight, the ultimate great weight, had been lifted from his shoulders already, thus freeing him to be generous in what seems to be in an insane way. I think his church kept him on in the hopes he'd win again. In the Acts of the Apostles, we're told that people, people, excuse me, Peter opened his mouth to bear testimony, saying, Truly I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the word which he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word which was proclaimed throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses to all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him manifest, not to all, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, 
who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter became a true evangelist after the resurrection. And hopefully it is the Easter faith that makes us evangelists, the bringers of good news. You know, when the Gospels were first being written, the Gospel according to Mark, the first to be written around 65 AD, stopped at the empty tomb. There were still eyewitnesses to the resurrection, eyewitnesses to Jesus who had been dead, certified dead, and now alive, who could carry the booklet around with the information, but as to the resurrection, they bore witness. Evangelists would carry this little helpful Mark, Markan booklet around. Mark was the cousin of Barnabas, and we think the scribe of Peter. They'd carry this little evangelist's guide around, and they would tell the story of Jesus' ministry. But it was the eyewitness who would come along and then say, yes, I saw it. Jesus was certainly dead, nailed to a cross, pierced in the side, and three days later was walking among us, and I saw him lifted into heaven. Well, those eyewitnesses, one by one, as Paul says, fell asleep. Leaving the task of evangelism to all of us who continue in this life, first to that second generation of Christians who began to make sure that the eyewitness testimony to the resurrection was indeed recorded in, in the Gospels. That is why an ending was added to Mark's Gospel a bit later. That is why Luke and John and Matthew are all very careful to make sure the eyewitness testimony is recorded in their Gospels. The reason that it was at first left out, I believe, is that the people have to make a choice. We can see in each of the Gospels that the, the two Marys and Salome, or Peter running to the tomb, all of those who found the tomb empty did not believe it. They were afraid his body had been stolen, or if they heard it secondhand from Mary, they just didn't believe it. That is a reasonable response to this kind of account. A dead man has risen from the dead. It would be reasonable, and so that is to be included in the gospel. It was a first response. But as more than 500 saw Jesus alive, it began a kind of energy that could not be stopped. Somehow the teaching of Jesus and the healing ministry of Jesus came together with some empowering energy which imparted an all-consuming mission to a very large group of people. 
It would have to be, as Luke recalls Peter saying it, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what do they recall? That he walked on water or that he had worked astounding miracles? No, Luke records here that he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. find that a very interesting understatement, or maybe it is the more important statement. People who work wonders do not necessarily work wonders of love. And the greater miracle that Peter came to understand and that Luke records is that Jesus went about doing good, liberating all oppressed by the devil. As Peter himself said at the beginning, any who do the work of God are acceptable to God. Right there in the Acts of the Apostles. They put him to death by crucifying him, but God raised him from death after three days. And we ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead, meaning that death is not the end. Why judge the dead if they no longer exist? To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And this is what happened after they heard he was alive. And they risked their lives to give a gift to people from whom they gained absolutely no earthly advantage. Every 50 years or so, the Roman Empire would put Christians under threat of death if they did not worship Caesar as God. And so the Easter question is, because he lives, we feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, visit those in prison and alone. Because he lives, we pray for our enemies. Because he lives, I can put fear behind me, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The theologian Karl Barth once said something very perplexing to a lot of people. He said that two people could build a hospital in a philanthropic gesture, but if one did it to the glory of God and the other did not, it is only the one built to the glory of God that God sees. This troubled a great many people. I think it is not so much the unfairness of the statement. I think it is that Karl Barth was trying to help people grasp that there is a liberation you have not experienced if you are giving for worldly reasons. You can build a hospital for the great tax break it gives you. You could contribute to the Dismas House which houses former offenders until they find jobs and are on their feet again, just so that those folks are not costing us 40000 a year to sit in prison. None of those activities are eternal to give for those reasons. But if we give because Jesus lives, then we are already living in the kingdom of heaven. 
and we will by our faith, we know, continue forever. Because he lives, we forgive. Because he lives, we feed and shelter and visit. Because he lives, we pray for enemies. Because he lives, we have put fear behind us. He is risen. Hallelujah. Amen.
let us affirm what we believe about Christ using the affirmation found in the bulletin. This is the good news which we received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve, and to many faithful witnesses. We believe he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is our Lord and our God. Amen. Please be seated. Generally at Easter time, I use quite a lengthy prayer of the people. So as you bow your heads and close your eyes, let the words play upon you, and if the Spirit wills you to sleep, so be it, and if the Spirit keeps you awake, you will be blessed in other ways. But I do believe in these kind of lengthy meditations, and so let us pray. Eternal God, the Alpha and Omega, who sees the end from the beginning, we worship thee. Once more in your sanctuary, we would be still and know that you are God. You have placed before us and behind us and upon us your hand. And in awe and reverence, we would meditate upon thoughts of you. Let it be that we come in a spirit of thanksgiving, not most for the gifts which you have given us, although they are innumerable, nor for the deeds that you have done for us, although our hearts cannot calculate their richness. Allow that first we thank you for yourself. Thank God for God, blessed be thy name. May we be in the temple continually blessing your name even as those first apostles were. Help us to affirm that you are the center of our world, not simply a Sunday morning visitor, and that you bind the world together, not only giving it unity but meaning and purpose. We adore you truly in our heart of hearts. We rejoice in you. We worship you. You are the glory of our life. Without you, the world would be aimless and our life purposeless. We would toil and earn only to keep ourselves alive and in the end fail at that purpose. Blessed be thy name. We thank you that you are the God of Calvary, that you have taken the cross into your understanding and comprehend it. The cross of life is too deep for us altogether to know and is very hard for us to bear. We thank you that you do understand Calvary, that even though we do not know the explanation, there is a full explanation and it is with you. Most of all, we thank you that you are this day a God of victory. And because we believe in you, we are awakened unto a lively hope that after every Calvary comes Easter Day. 
after every winter comes spring, that this incorrupt, excuse me, that this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality and death be swallowed up in life. For all the hallowed memories and the triumphant hopes that center in this day, we give thanks. For hate took love and buried it, and lo, love is returned to us triumphant. Death took life and made away with it, but life has risen from the tomb. Evil slew holiness, and holiness has come back to us again. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we would humbly ask and beg that you will save us from the formality that celebrates this day as an ancient event only. Waken us to an expectation of victory for our own lives at this time and in this moment. If beaten souls whipped by persistent and pursuing sin have come here to worship you, give them a triumph today. Our habits bind us until we feel that though the strength of Samson were ours, yet we could not burst that which tethers us O oh God, you are the God of victory. Help us to rise triumphant over our sins. Give us a triumph over our social evils. Many centuries ago, O oh Christ, you would come and teach, and on the mountaintop, teach the sacred principles of your holy faith and give them to the world. Long ago, you did die for us and rise again in triumph, and yet still, you see our inhumanity to one another. We confess our social sins, that our churches are but barely Christian, that our industries are but barely just, that our nations are unpeaceful and in love with war. Yet you see what high and beautiful faiths and expectations rise because you are here. O oh Christ, you haunt the conscience of the world from all hopelessness and cynicism, from all skepticism and lack of faith, deliver us, good God, on this your Easter day. Give us the victory, we beg you, over our troubles. You see the sorrowful hearts for whom Easter is clouded. We have stood beside the grave and the gravestone seems still to seal those whom we have loved better than ourselves. Bring them back to us this day, we beg you, Help us to worship here a group not only of those who walk abroad on the face of the earth, but the faces of those whom we have loved and lost a while come back to us in memory this day. That the noble living and the noble dead may adore you here together. The children who came up out of the gates of the dawn and could not tarry with us. The fathers and mothers who blessed our infancy and nourished us in the love of God fell on sleep, filled with high expectations concerning us. All beautiful friends who loved us better than they loved themselves, bring them back to us this hour. Our Lord Jesus promised that if he went, he would send the Holy Spirit that would bring to our recollection all things that he had taught to us. Let that holy memory eternal be with us this day that we may sit 
with our loved ones in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. O oh God, finally, we admit that you see the heart of the whole world, that you know that many professing Christ are stirred to festivity this morning. Many a window that commonly is shuttered against your light will be open to you on Easter Day. Let your light come by many a strange path past many an impeding obstacle to many people that their spirits all over the world might be set free. Bring your guidance and your chastening. Make those that have been troubled serene. Those that have been flippant, thoughtful. Those that have been faithless, penitent. Those that have been wicked, pure. Those that have been weak, strong. Those that have been desperate, hopeful. Save thy people now. Until the day dawns and the shadows disappear. We ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us worship God now with our tithes, our offerings, and the humble pouring out of who we are, our substance.
gracious God, all good gifts come from thee. All benefit and vindication that are drawn from suffering are thine. What we give unto your service, let it consecrate our thoughts and lift us unto the power from above. That by thy spirit we live not unto the worldly prosperity, but unto the furtherance and building of thy spiritual kingdom. Amen. Please turn now to hymn number 122, Thine is the Glory.
brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, make you complete in everything good, so that you may do God's will, working among us that which is pleasing in God's sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Right Sunday, definitely. Okay. Yeah.